you pray and appreciate the, the songs and the singing tonight and appreciate your presence here this evening. And we want you to open your Bibles tonight, if you would, to the book of 1 Kings tonight, chapter number 17, 1 Kings chapter number 17. And we want to bring you a little thought out of this chapter tonight, the Lord to help us. We're going to read seven verses there in 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherub that is before Jordan. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Thank you and be seated. Our Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessings upon this Lord's day. And as we come now to the evening uh, sacrifice, Lord, tonight, the evening service, we pray that God would uh, minister to us tonight through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, uh, we appreciate folks that, uh, Lord, have made an effort to get out tonight to the evening service and we pray the Lord, if they come out and I were to give them something, Lord, it wouldn't be much. But Lord, if you would uh, put something in my hand and to pass to them, uh, Lord, I know it would be a sustaining uh, morsel of food from the hand of God to help them spiritually and strengthen them. We always pray, Lord, in every service for those that are lost. And uh, every time we kneel to pray, Lord, we try to pray for those that are lost and uh, Lord, in the greatest need of anyone, the need of salvation, because they're, Lord, headed to the most awful place if they don't never get saved. Now, Lord, bless your word tonight, and uh, we pray you'd forgive me of my sins and failures, strengthen me, Lord, where I'm weak, enlighten me, Lord, where that I'm ignorant of it tonight, and give me the ability, Lord, tonight to be able to deliver what God has put on my heart this evening and we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, it's a very familiar chapter. I've preached from it many times. I've got sermon titles wrote all over this page that I've heard other preachers uh, preach about it. And it is a great chapter in the Word of God. And uh, it's like uh, none of the Word of God can be exhausted, but there's some places in the Bible that are just fertile uh, for sermon seeds. And uh, most of the time when uh, we preach from this chapter here, we focus on uh, some different things. Uh, we focus maybe on the brook. And uh, God told Elijah, Elijah to go down and dwell by the brook at Cherubeth. And God uh, said that uh, he'd put water there for him. And uh, I studied that one time in preaching about it and I used to preach about that brook being a miracle because it kept running during a three and a half year drought. But really that was no miracle. Uh, it's just like that uh, today there's, uh, if we have dry weather and there might be springs all over the place and some of them will run longer than others. The miracle is that God knew which one would run the longest. Uh, that's where the miracle is, that God knew where to send him because he knew which brook would run the longest. And if we don't preach about the brook, we focus on the bread and the flesh there in verse number 6 where the Bible said God sent him bread and flesh every day. The Bible says in, in one place that God has his way in the famine. And uh, Ruth uh, in the book of Ruth, Naomi 
and Elimelech, they left Bethlehem of Judea because there was a famine in and they thought God couldn't feed them. And they left there and they went down into Moab. And they got down there and liked to starve to death. You'd be better off to stay in the place of God in a famine and, and trust God to take care of you than to try to move somewhere else out of the will of God. And if we don't focus on the brook and we don't focus on uh, the bread and the fish, uh, we focus on the end of the chapter about that barrel of meal that never did run dry. And I never have believed that God filled that barrel to the top. I've always believed that every time that she'd get some out, God had put enough in there for another meal. You say, why? Because that's how faith operates. Uh, God, uh, God usually lets us go from day to day and week to week, and God wants us to believe upon Him. The Bible said the just shall live by faith. I, and uh, that's the way God wants us to live. And uh, I found out a long time ago, I had a young preacher come to me. He had took a church and was going to be going to preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And he had never been uh, used to preaching that much. And he said, Brother Rick, I'm just afraid I'll run out. And I said, you keep reading the Bible. You keep putting something in. God will keep bringing something out. Amen. And uh, you can't exhaust the Bible. Uh, you can't preach all there is to preach in the Bible. Amen. And so most of the time we focus upon the brook or the bread or the barrel. But tonight I want to focus on a different aspect tonight. And really it has nothing to do with what I preached about this morning. And what I preached about this morning was four doves in the book of Jonah. And if you were here this morning, you uh, know how that I put each chapter as a dove mentioned in the Bible. But tonight I want to focus upon the birds here in this chapter. And the Bible said that God sent them, God sent some ravens there to feed them. I'm, every time I think about that, uh, ravens, we know in the Bible over in the book of Genesis, we can read about how that God, well let's just read it over there in Genesis 1, that the Bible said that God made uh, verse 21, and God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every wing after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And uh, so we know that a ravens, and we can see this in the book of Leviticus too, that a raven is only one kind of that particular species of a bird. In other words, a crow would be in the line of a raven. Uh, we have a lot of crows around here. We don't have a lot of ravens. And Brother Brian, I couldn't help but think about all the times I visited your mother and uh, visited uh, Rollin and Joan Crow. And every time I'd go to visit them, walk up on the porch, get ready to ring the doorbell, there was a sign right there with two blackbirds on it and it said two old crows live here. And I always remembered that. And I thought about it tonight when I was thinking about these ravens and here. And the message tonight, uh, in this chapter tonight, the message tonight, we always think about the dove, amen? The dove's the clean bird. The dove's the good bird. The dove's the one that came back. The dove is the one that lighted upon Jesus after his baptism. And we always think about the dove. We have no problem realizing that God can use doves. But in this chapter, God shows us that God can not only use doves, but God can use ravens as well. Amen. And I'm sure glad that God can use the raven as well as the dove. And these, uh, God uses these ravens in this chapter and really I, I see three things about these ravens as to why that God could use them and amazingly that God did use them. And the first thing I, I know about these ravens, the Bible said in Leviticus 11 and verse 13, and the Bible said of these ravens, and these are they which ye shall have an abomination among the fowls. And verse 15 said, Every raven after his kind. What that's saying tonight is that raven was classified in the Bible 
as an unclean bird. We know the dove was classified as a clean bird. But in the book of Leviticus, God classifies things that the children of Israel can have to do with and things that they are not to have to do with and the raven falls in under that line of unclean birds. But aren't you glad tonight that God can use unclean birds? Uh, because you see tonight we're more like ravens than we are doves. Uh, amen. Uh, you say, why do you say that? Well, all the ravens and all of their kind and all of their line, uh, the Bible says that they were unclean. But the Bible says about you and me tonight, the Bible says in Isaiah 64 and verse 6, the Bible said we are all uh, as an unclean thing. Uh, that's the same verse that we often hear quoted uh, about all of our righteousness is like filthy rags, amen. And so we're all unclean. Now thank God that God can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing. But tonight we're all, even though we're saved tonight, we all are still plenty unclean, amen, when it comes to a lot of things. And the point that God's making here is that God uh, can use even the unclean bird. God can use even the raven. Amen. I, I'm sure glad about that tonight. Uh, when I look at the possibilities here, the Bible said God created every uh, winged fowl. God made the sparrow. God made the cardinal. God made the dove. Uh, God made all these birds. Uh, and God could have used any one of them he wanted to. Uh, uh, God didn't use ravens because there wasn't no doves around. Uh, God used ravens to show you and me uh, uh, that God can use the likes of you and me. Amen. Uh, and so we see the possibility there. And we have a, we have a picture here in Genesis 8. I, I gave this verse this morning when Noah sent the dove out of the ark. But before Noah ever sent the dove out of the ark, do you know what he sent out first? Uh, he sent out a raven. Uh, there again, God giving us the picture here uh, uh, that God can use the unclean uh, as well as the clean in the line uh, of what we're talking about tonight. Amen. I remember, uh, you know, that, that raven, is a, it's a black bird, and it's, uh, we often say their hair is black as a raven. I remember one night years ago, Eddie, I let Eddie preach up in the old building, uh, and Eddie, Eddie's grandmother was there, Miss May Gunnels, and she was a, a wonderful lady, loved the Lord, and a good Christian lady, and Eddie was a preaching that night, uh, and when Eddie got done preaching, I never had heard this before, but Sister May stood up, and she wanted to brag on her grandson, and she was bragging on Brother Eddie, and what a good job he done preaching and when she got to the end of what she was bragging about him, she said, well, uh, uh, she said, I know I'm a bragging, but she said, every old crow thinks his is the blackest. I never heard that before. The raven is an unclean bird. And I said this morning, sometimes I'm almost uh, superstitious about stuff like that, but I've come over here to the church many times, uh, especially up the old building, and the old blackbirds will be lined all the way across the roof cap. And I'll think, oh no, uh, it's not going to be a good day. Uh, uh, but every now and then I'll go up there, and uh, it'll be three or four doves running around there, and I'll say, praise God, uh, uh, it's going to be a good day. But you know what? It can be a good day whether there's a dove up there or a raven up there, because God can use either one of them. Amen. And so I see this unclean ravens that God uses. God says, uh, I have uh, commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Unclean ravens. But then I see this. The Bible said, God said in verse 4, I have commanded the raven to feed thee there. Uh, they're unusual ravens. Uh, you say, why do you say that? Well, I don't say that because of their shape. I don't say that because of their color. I don't say that because of their size. Uh, uh, but they were unusual ravens. Uh, you know, we're not told anything about them other than they're ravens. 
the Bible said there, and God commanded the ravens. In other words, it's not really important where they came from. It's not really important anything about them other than God wants us to know that they're ravens and God is using them. Did you know it's really not important about me? It's really not important about you. It it really doesn't matter if you know me or people know you. What really matters is that people know God. And what really matters is that people know that God is using us. They don't have to. They don't have to know our name. Used to about every preacher would get up and say this, and I don't hear him say it no more. But they'd say, "Lord, hide me behind the cross." Uh, but now a lot of the preachers that we got today, they don't want to be hid behind the cross. They want to be out front. Amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know, listen, uh, uh, it don't matter about me. It don't matter about you. Uh, and when we look at the reputation of these uh, ravens, we don't know anything about them except God used them. Uh, it don't matter where you come from or where I come from. It don't matter who who knows you or who you know. Uh, what matters is do you know the Lord? Amen. Do you know the Lord? Amen. And so they they have no they're like Jesus. They have no reputation of themselves. We don't know anything about them except God used them. You know the greatest thing that anybody could ever say about you is that God used you. Amen. If you're a singer, the greatest thing that you could ever have said about you is God used you singing. Amen. God used you preaching. God used you witnessing. God used you. They're unusual in that sense that they, they have really no reputation. You know, one of the kind of people God uses is people that are not trying to make a name for themselves. You notice a lot of these larger ministries, they're called after that person. The ministry of so-and-so. I don't have a ministry it's Jesus' ministry. It belongs to him. And I'm just one of the many ministries in Jesus' ministry, but I don't have one. I'm not trying to build a kingdom for me. I'm working in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so it's not about the reputation. And they're unusual in that sense that they're not seeking a name for their self. And then I see this. They did something very unusual for ravens. You say, what to do? Well, the Bible said, the Lord said, I've commanded the ravens. God said, I've commanded the ravens. And what's unusual is they did what God commanded them to do. You know how unusual it is? God has commanded all of us to do things, but... I'll tell you who God uses is that one that obeys what God commanded them to do. And we're living in a day and a time when it's unusual to find people that will do what God's commanded them to do. But if you find anybody like that, you'll find somebody that God can use. Amen. The Bible said that they were unusual ravens. Number three, I think about this. The Bible said God commanded them to feed him. But not only was they unusual in the fact that they had no reputation, not only was they unusual uh, in the fact that they, uh, they'd done what God commanded them to do, uh, but they were unusual in the fact that they came back. The Bible says, And the ravens brought him bread, and flesh in the morning, and bread, and flesh in the evening. Somebody said, preacher, where do you get Sunday morning, Sunday night? What about right there? Amen. What about right there? God commanded them to feed them in the morning, and God commanded them to feed them in the night. And God used these ravens, amen. Now, these were unusual ravens in this sense, You know, they didn't do what they wanted to do. You say, what do you mean? What do ravens usually do when they've got bread and flesh? They eat it. 
You know why they're thinking about their self. They're wanting to satisfy their own lust. They're wanting to satisfy their own flesh. But these are unusual ravens in that they want to please God more than they want to please their self. Amen. I tell you, it's pretty unusual to find those three characteristics in people in our kind of a day. Everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be the biggest and the best and the greatest. I mean, let's face it. Where can you find you? You have a they're there, but you'll have a hard time finding Second Baptist, Third Baptist, Fourth Baptist, or Fifth Baptist. Everybody wants to be First Baptist. We send our kids off to school and they tell them, you're number one, you're number one. No, you're not. And I'm not number one either. He's number one, amen. He's the one that counts. And the Bible says that they came back morning and evening and they brought that bread and they brought that flesh and they brought it there. Somebody said, where'd they get it at? I don't know. I've heard all kinds of things preached about that. I've heard that Ahab set his pies out and Jezebel set her cooking out uh, and they come and they got it and they took it down. I don't know where they got it at. All I know is the Bible said they brought him bread uh, and flesh. Amen. And so they were returning. They were returning. They were unusual in the sense that they were returning. Uh, God loves the ravens as well as the doves. I like what Brother Walt said. He said, I can't sing. But he said, God loves to hear the crow as well as the canary. I believe that. Amen. Amen. And so, God can use ravens like us. Amen. God can use us. I don't mean that God can use us with a black, dirty heart. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we're all sinners in two classes. Either we're saved sinners or we're lost sinners. Amen. Saved sinners are going to heaven, but they still sin. They still fail. They still falter on God. But lost sinners are going to hell. Saved sinners are going to heaven. And that's the difference between the lost and the saved. Amen. Amen. But God can use us. If we had to be perfect for God to use us. If we had to be perfect for God to save us, we'd all be going to hell. Amen. Amen. The Bible said that Jesus lived here upon this earth 33 years and the Bible said he that knew no sin became sin that you and I might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, what that's saying tonight to you and what's that saying to me tonight is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He took our sin upon himself. One great preacher said it this way. He said the only sin that Jesus ever had was ours. And the only righteousness we ever had was his. Amen, amen, amen. We have no righteousness of our own. You're not going to heaven because of your goodness, because of your righteousness. You're going to heaven if you're going because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been imputed to you. He took your sins. You take his righteousness and that's the only way any of us have any hope tonight of going to heaven. Amen. Amen. Now you ought to live right. I believe in living right. I believe in trying to live right. The Bible said the grace of God that brought salvation teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I think we ought to live right, but I'm not saved by living right, amen. Others know I'm saved because I live right, amen. My outward works, let others know I got something going on inward, uh, but I'm saved by the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen I believe in living right. Yes. Peter said, Peter said that this heaven and earth will pass away yeah. with a great noise and a fevering heat and the elements thereof shall melt and, and be dissolved and melt away. But he said, seeing then that all these things must come to pass, what manner of person are to be in all holy and godly conversation, he said, uh, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Uh, oh no, don't let me never be named with those that 
I believe in what's saved, always saved. I, I believe that. I believe in eternal security. But I believe that even though you're eternal secure, you ought to live right for God. And I believe a lot of the problem in this world tonight, in the church world, and the reason people have no confidence in us and no uh, belief in the churches anymore is because people profess one thing and live something else. Amen. I, I, think, our, I think our life ought to match our profession. Amen. God can use us. Glad God can use us. They are unclean ravens. They're unusual ravens. But look here, verse 4. God said, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And then look, look here in, in verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. Now I don't know how many there were, but I know there's at least two. Because the Bible said ravens. There may have been four. There may have been six. I don't know how many of them there were, but I know this, they were unclean. And I know, I know this, not only was they unclean, but they were unusual. But I know this, and I believe this is one of the reasons that God was able to use them. They were unified. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said, and the ravens, they done it together. Did you know the devil believes a lot of what Jesus preached? Jesus preached that a house divided, it cannot stand. And so the devil, he believes that. And so he tries to divide the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tries to divide the body of Christ because he knows a house divided that it cannot stand. The Bible said these ravens were unified. Boy, I like it when God's people, I like it when just a bunch of old ravens uh, uh, get together and they decide to do something for God. Amen. Uh, uh, we may be ravens. We may be classified unclean. Uh, uh, we may not, nobody ever know who we are. But if we can get unified, we can do something for Jesus Christ. And somebody said, uh, there's no telling what can be done for God if nobody cares who gets the credit. A lot of people, they all want to, we, we all want to get the credit sometimes. Well, we don't get any credit. The Lord, amen, all the glory goes to the Lord. But they were unified. That's an unusual thing to find some people that are unified in the Lord. Amen. I mean, uh, people that will work together, do something together. And uh, don't care. All they want to do is obey God. All they want to do is do what the Lord said do. God commanded these ravens to take care of His preacher. And the Bible said that they got unified on this thing. Why did they get unified? Verse 4, and He said, I have commanded them. They got unified because of the Lord. Look in your Bible, if you will, and look right there. Uh, verse 2, and the Bible said, the Lord. Uh, look down in verse 5, the Lord. Uh, uh, look there in verse 1, the Lord. Uh, and it's L, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That means the Lord of lords, the King of kings, uh, Jehovah God. Uh, amen. That means that they got together because of the Lord. Uh, we ought to get together not because of the independent Baptists or the Methodists or whatever. We ought to get together because of the Lord. Amen. Somebody's uh, talking to me not too long ago about a brother that had some problems and they said, I don't think, I don't think we ought to use him. Say, so what do you think? I said, brother, I think we've lived down to a time that if somebody wants to do something for God, you better let them do something for God because I learned that a long time ago that whether you think God ought to use them, whether you think God can use them, I found out God can and God will and God does use ever who God wants to use. He don't ask me. They were unified because of the Lord. He said, we're doing this for the Lord. Oh, if we could just get that in our spirit. We're doing this for the Lord. Amen. We're going to have a preacher's fellowship. We're going to do it for the Lord. Them women's going to get up there and they're going to cook beans and mashed potatoes and 
And they're going to cook uh, cornbread and they ain't going to cook the chicken. We're going to get somebody else to cook the chicken. Uh, uh, I'm going to cook the shoulder. Uh, but we're doing this for the Lord. Amen. Uh, for the Lord. We're having this for the Lord. The devil has stuff for everything else. And he always has a good crown. Did you ever notice the devil always has a good crown? Did you ever notice that God's people there are usually pretty sparse when they do much for the Lord? It's usually a handful of people. And a lot of that has to do with because we can't get unified on wanting to do something for God. But they were willing to get unified and do what God asked them to do. Amen. Who, what does it matter who preaches, who sings? What does it matter who wins them and witnesses to the Lord? What does it matter who gives a thousand and who gives a dollar? What does it matter? We're unified. We're doing this for the Lord. We're doing this for the Lord. The Bible said they were unified. Because of the Lord. Amen. We're doing this because of the Lord. Right. And then they were doing this because the Bible said, and the ravens, verse 6, they brought him bread and flesh. They're unified because of the Lord. But they're unified because of the load. You say, what do you mean? One of them couldn't bring the bread and the flesh. I mean, I don't know. Well, I do know I'm a preacher. I know it takes a lot to feed a preacher. And it was probably a big piece of bread. It, it was probably a, a big slab of meat. I don't know what it was, but it was probably more than any one raven could carry. And so two or three got a hold of it. One on this end, one on that end. And they all took it and they all got unified and they all did it for the Lord. You see, this thing's too big for one person. That's right. And boy, it was a wonderful day in my life when I realized somebody ought to have a ministry beside Rick Prophet. And I'll tell you, long as a church, they say, well, Brother John's our preacher. Brother Tom's our preacher. And it's Brother Tom's church or Brother Bill's church. This ain't my church. I don't own one thing here. There's probably over, well over a half a million dollars worth of property here. There ain't a penny of it belongs to me. It all belongs to the Lord. It's not my church. It's the Lord's church. Amen. And you'll see that one day when I'm gone. You say, what will the Lord then do? He'll do like he did when Moses died. When Moses died, he said, Joshua, Moses, my servant, or he said, Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. And now you go. You see, what matters is God's work keeps going on. The raven don't matter. What matters is God's work keeps going on. It didn't really matter which raven had the front of the loaf or which one had the back. It didn't really matter which raven had this part of the meat, which raven had that part of the meat. It took them all because the load is heavy. I tell you, the load of a local church is too heavy for any one person. It'll break you down. It'll it'll drive you to your knees. It'll drive you to despair. That's why it was a good day in my life when I realized that it's, listen, it ain't just me that's got a ministry my ministry is to help you find your ministry Ephesians chapter 4 the Bible said God gave some pastors some evangelists uh, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry my job's to you got a ministry my job's to help you find out what your ministry is amen not everybody can preach not everybody can sing. Not everybody can play the piano. Amen. Not everybody can teach Sunday school. Amen. But everybody can do something. That's right. Amen. That's right. Everybody can do something. You say, well, I don't have a gift. Well, God said you did. In Matthew 25, God said that He commanded them and God said He gave to one five talents. He gave to one uh, two talents. He gave to one one talent. But notice everybody got something. Amen. 
And the problem is, in Christianity, the devil wants us to think that only the ministers got a ministry. No, we all got a ministry. And uh, my job is to help you find what your ministry is. Some of you got a ministry to teach, and we put you in a Sunday school class so you can teach. And you like it there. You know why some people don't like the job that they're doing in a church? Somebody put them in it and they got no gift for it. They got no gift for it. And if you get put in a job that you've got no gift for, I promise you this, you won't enjoy it very long and you won't be doing it very long. But if you find the gift that you've got, that God has got you doing, if you find that gift, God can help you use that gift. I always used to use uh, Miss Leola. She has a gift, gift to cook like a lot of the ladies. And you ladies, the reason we have Jubilee, the reason we have Preacher's Fellowship, I'm trying to let you use your gift. Amen, preacher. Amen. That's right. You have a gift to cook. And we're trying to let you use your gift to minister to others. Don't complain about using your gift. Use it for the glory of God. See, some people's got a gift to cook. And some of us have got a gift to eat. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to look at you, brother. I didn't mean that. And we help y'all use y'all's gift, amen. And everybody's got a gift to clean a little bit. That's right. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you know this or not, but a mop handle will fit any hand. Amen. Amen. There's something everybody can do. God, God said for these ravens, God said, I want you to help each other and carry the load because you can't do it if you don't help each other. That's why the Bible said, bear you one another's burdens. What we're doing, we're we're helping each other carry our load for God. Somebody said, that's a contradiction in the Bible. It said, it said, uh, it said, help your brother bear his burden. And then it says, let every man bear his own burden. It's no contradiction. God just says, if you don't want to bear your own burden, don't expect somebody else to do it. But if you'll bear your burden, God wants people to help you bear your burden. Amen. I want you to know that these ravens, boy, they had a load. They needed some help. Amen. When we pray unified, we're helping each other bear their burden. There's no one person here as far as I know that can finance this work of God. But you know what we do? Unified. We all put a little in and we're all able to get it done for God. Amen. I couldn't support all them 16, 17, 18 missionaries we support every month. I couldn't do that by myself. You couldn't do that by yourself but unified we can carry the load amen we can carry the load amen the load the ravens brought him bread and flesh oh it must have been so tempting for those ravens to just land somewhere and pick on that bread and eat on that flesh I know how they are I've seen them out in the road I've seen them out by the roadside, amen. There's something unusual about these ravens. They're unified. They're more concerned about doing what God told them to do than what their nature wants them to do. Did you hear what I just said? That's profound. They were more concerned about doing what God wanted them to do than what their own nature wanted them to do. Your nature don't want to go to church on Sunday night, Wednesday night. Your nature don't want to read the Bible. Your nature don't want to pass out tracts. Your nature never wants to witness to nobody. Your nature don't want to take an hour away to pray. Your nature don't want to do none of that. But God's nature wants to do it all. But I have to say no to my nature. My old raven nature wants to wants to pick on that flesh, I got to say no, and I got to pick it up, and I got to say I'm going to do this for God. God's more important.
than I am. Amen. Oh, there's a load out there to carry. Uh, people have talents. Uh, Linda's been a treasure for a long time. She takes care of all that. Uh, you probably don't think much about who pays what. We don't owe anything, but we got light bills, water bills. And she takes care of all that. We got insurance and all that. She takes care of all of that. Because she's gifted to do that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Brother Brian, we ain't running our bus now, but he run the bus for many, many, many years. Not everybody can drive a bus. You say, why? Not everybody can drive. I hope Bill Bailey ain't watching tonight, but if you are, I went down and preached for Tony Hudson. That's the preacher's going to be here Saturday morning. Brother Hudson called me from a jet airplane thousands of feet up in the air one Wednesday morning. He said, Brother Prophet, can you hear me? And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm up in the air. I'm in an airplane. I'm 50,000 feet in the air, ever how high it was. He said, I may lose you, but can you preach for me on Wednesday night? And I said, yes. And I went down there to Murfreesboro Baptist Church and on a Wednesday night, and I told Max Helen, I said, it'd only be right that we ask Bill and Mary to drive with us down there. I said, it'd only be right that they asked them because that's their home church they went to for 17 years. That was their preacher. And Bill said, it's been a while since I've been down there. And he said, I don't know if I can remember the way or not. So don't worry about it. I just got a new GPS. Amen. We put that on Bill's car dash. We started down the road in Bill's car and Bill's driving. And Bill has never seen one of them GPS. And he's so captivated that it seemed like instead of watching the road, he's watching that GPS. And he's, he's running upon cars. He's almost running through stop signs. And we got up there and pulled in the parking lot. And we walked in and sat down. And Brother Bill sitting there. And Brother Hudson got up there and he said, We're glad to have Brother Prophet with us today. And he said, We're glad to have Brother Bill and Sister Mary. He said, He drove our bus for 17 years. He said, Lord, he run over dogs and cats and mailboxes and cars. He said, Brother Prophet, come on to the platform. I up there and sat down by him. And I said, you wasn't kidding, was you? He said, no, I wasn't. But bearing the load together, doing things together, I was talking about not everybody can drive a bus. Amen. You got precious cargo on there. You got to be a good driver. You got to be careful. You got to think about what you're hauling, amen. But thank God there's somebody that can do it. Thank God Miss Kim's willing to ride with her husband and get them on and get them seated. Uh, uh, you see, that's a unified effort. Uh, uh, they pick them up. They bring them here. They go into the Sunday school class. The teacher teaches them. Vacation Bible school goes on. We all pray that they'll get saved one day. It's a unified effort. Amen. It's a unified effort. And God will quit using a church when they quit unifying. God can only use us as we're unified. There is no long range of Christians. Not for long. Everybody needs God. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. And everybody needs a church. We can all work together. I know a fellow right now. Matter of fact, I just talked to him not too long ago. He has a, he has church in his house every Sunday. Two or three gather there in the house. They have a Bible study. That's his church. 
It's like the man that I was preaching revival, and we went to a man's house, and he, the pastor said, Sir, we'd like you to come to the revival this week. He said, I, this is my church right here. This is, this is where I worship. This is my church right here. I wasn't a pastor. He was, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ill. I wouldn't be rude in somebody else's church. But we got in the car, and I said, Brother, I bit my tongue because I wanted to ask that guy, if this is your church, when would you have the last revival? This is your church. When's the last time somebody got saved? When's the last time you give an invitation? When's the last time a sermon was preached? Uh, uh, how many missionaries are you supporting? Uh, uh, you see, you can talk that stuff, but it won't line up with the Word of God. Amen. Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Amen. That's who He's coming back for too. It's the church. They were unified because of the load. And then we see here, the lesson God wants us to see. Look over in the book of Job, chapter 12. And old Job there, look what he said. Job's answering there. Look what he says in verse 7. But ask now the beast, they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. You know what these old ravens is telling us tonight? God can use us even though we're classified unclean sinners. You know what these ravens are teaching us tonight? God can use us if we're willing to be unusual ravens. They're telling us that God can use us tonight if we'll be unified ravens. You see... Everything in the Bible that I can think about is a unified effort. When I look in the book of Genesis and I see that big old ark sitting there, you know who built that thing? A bunch of ravens. Noah and his boys. You say, oh no, Brother Rick. Noah was a, he was a man of God. He was, but he's a raven. After he landed that ship, he planted a vineyard and the Bible said he got drunk. And read chapter 9, what his son did. I want you to know that they were just a bunch of old ravens, but they were unified and they got that ark built for God. Well, look at Exodus. And listen to Moses as he tells the men that are gifted to make the uh, to make the tabernacle, to make the covering, uh, to make the Ark of the Covenant, uh, to make the, uh, the, th- the tackings for the tabernacle. Uh, look at him as he, uh, he gives wisdom to them. And you know what they do? They all unify. They all work together. And one day there it is, a tabernacle that they all built unified, just a bunch of old ravens. That's all it was. I looked there in Leviticus and all that temple work and sacrificing and all that's going on. Look who's doing that. Just a bunch of old ravens. Unified, doing what God told them to do. Look there in Joshua after Moses died and Joshua went in to conquer the land and, and made the conquest there. And look who done that. Look who done that. It was nothing more than a bunch of old unified ravens doing what God told them to do. Amen. That's all it was. Well, look there in Daniel. In a day much resembling the kind of day we're living in right now. But look at Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. Watch them defile Belshazzar's. Watch them stand for God. Why, they're nothing more than just a bunch of unified ravens. But they want to please God. Why, look in Matthew. Look in Matthew there. And the storm and the disciples are rolling and they're doing the best they can to roll. You know what they are? Just a bunch of unified ravens trying to make it through the storm. Well, I looked there in Mark and watched there's a noise up on the roof and something's going on. And there's four up there and they're lowering down a man on a stretcher. 
And the man gets healed. The man, if you will, gets saved. You know what that is? That's nothing more than four unified ravens up there doing what God wanted them to do. Doing what God wanted them to do. Well, look there in Luke chapter 10, verse 70. God sends them out into all the surrounding towns and God sends them out. And who is that that goes out there? Why, it's nothing more than 70 unified ravens that God's using. Well, look there in John. There's 5,000 men that are hungry, not counting the women and the children. What does God use? Why, God uses just some old unified ravens there to pass out the bread and to seed them and to feed them. And God used them and the command of God. Amen. Well, look there in Acts. Acts 1, 2. There's 120 up there in an upper room. They're praying unified in one accord. And the results are 3,000 people get saved in chapter 3. And what are they? They're nothing more than a bunch of old unified ravens. What's God telling you and me tonight? God can use us. God can use us. If we realize we're just unclean, why would God use us? I don't know, but God chose to use us. He could have used anything or anybody, but God chose to use us. There's some angels up there that never did sin. God could have used them. But He decided to use a bunch of old ravens like us. Amen. Amen. God wants to use us even though we're unclean. God wants us to be unusual. I don't want to be like the world. I never hear this song sung, but oh, I love it. And it said, I do not want to get adjusted to this world, to this world. I don't want to be like Hollywood. I don't want to be, I certainly don't want to be like Washington. Amen. Amen. I want to be unusual in this world. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to do what God says do. Amen. Amen. If we unify, God can use us. If we're saved tonight, we're God's children. He loves us all. And God, He just wants to use us. I think it must have hurt the Lord so bad when James and John come back and they were arguing about who was going to sit on the right or the left. I think that must have hurt the Lord because He'd already been teaching them and trying to tell them about if you want to be the minister, be the servant. If you want to be up here, get down here. God said, if you want to be exalted, get low. He said, He said, God grace to the humble. Amen. Well, that's all we are is just a just a bunch of ravens. But God wants to use us. And it ought to make us it ought to make us feel a heart full of gratitude just to know that God wants to use us and that God is using us a little bit tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, I just come